Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a video and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Today, it is my privilege to have a very, very senior corporate professional from the Tata Group, Mr. Rajendra Bhinge, with me. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Ashutosh. Delighted to be on the show. Uh, Mr. Bhinge is from IIT Bombay. He is from IIM Ahmedabad. He spent over four decades with the Tata Group. He's currently the chairman of Chroma, which is Infinity Retail, and he's also the chairman of Nelco. And he also is on the boards of several organizations. So, Raju, tell me, what would you say are three key milestones in your life or career? The first major milestone in my life career was when I left home at the age of 12 mm -hmm. to join a boarding school. Happened to be Mayo College at Ajmer. I was in Mumbai. So it was a big difference. The curriculum was different. The people were different. I was one of the last persons in that batch to join the school. Everyone was there from before. So I had to start from a zero base. And I was literally like being in the deep end of a pool. So initially I was quite lost there. It was an IC curriculum. This was SSC. You know, so totally different. Mm -hmm. And it took me about a year to figure out my way through that through that new system. Mm -hmm. And I realized that compared to all the subjects that were there, what really mattered at the end in the ISC exam were the best five subjects. So I said, which are my best five subjects? Let me focus on them. Mm -hmm. The second thing I realized is that it's not just enough to focus. You must do really well. Excel in it. Be the best. And to do that, you had to put in that much more effort, mm -hmm. which in a boarding school curriculum or the daily uh, routine, it meant finding time which was not available. Otherwise, everything was regimented. You wake up at this time, sleep at this time, lunch, you know, prep time and so forth. So you had to find extra time to be the best. So these are the three things I figured. It took me a year to figure it out. In today's context, you would call it focus, aiming to be the best and time management. Fantastic. I didn't know those words. That I figured it out at the age of 13. And that took me, I found that was working well the ninth. By the time the year end, the school leaving exam came, I'd never been first in class because of all those extra subjects. Mm. But school leaving, I was number one. Wow. I was in the top 10 in India. I mm had -hmm. uh, six points on five subjects. Wow. And that set the stage for the next uh, exam, which was the IIT entrance. Mm. I had six months to prepare the same basic regimen, let's say, the same uh, approach to work. Mm. And uh, I knew I'd do well, but to my astonishment, I was first all India entrance exam. Wow. What we today call the JEE. Mm. That took me to IIT Mumbai. Mm. There again, I realized that it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. So one has to maintain a steady tempo right through, which I did. Mm. And I was first or second every term, every year, completed IIT, went to IIM Ahmedabad. And the same tempo there, I was in the I score top four, I took whatever subjects that made sense. Mm -hmm. And that's the way it went, which brought me to my second milestone, okay. which was campus placement. Mm -hmm. And I was selected by the Tata group to join the TAS. 
Okay. Administrative service. And within a year of joining, while doing doing all the all the you know different stints in different companies, mm -hmm. I happened to come to Nelco where I met Radhan Tata. Mm -hmm. We had just come back from the USA. He was given charge of Nelco, which was a struggling company. Mm -hmm. He invited me to join Nelco, and since electrical and electronics was part of my former education, I was happy to do so. So I spent uh, almost 12 years in Nelco because Nelco was a struggling company and uh, it had to compete with the likes of Philips and Bush Baron. That was it. At that time it was in radio and electronics. That was the full form of Nelco. Mm -hmm. And it was a tough time. I was initially in finance. I became financial controller. Then I was asked to start a new operating division for office products, which had took up to a certain stage. Mm -hmm. And then in 89, having got all this operating experience, it was time to move on. And by that time, Radhan Tata had become chairman of Tata Industries Limited. Okay. So he needed someone there to look at new projects and new ventures. Mm -hmm. And I moved to Tata Industries, which is the third milestone in my career. Right. Nelco and then Tata Industries. Right. So I joined her in charge of corporate planning and new businesses. I was involved in a number of new ventures with uh, companies like AT&T and uh, Johnson Control and uh, Bell Canada for cellular and so forth. And then in time he said, look, there's a lot of liberalization coming. There's a lot of change required in the group. Mm -hmm. So I want you to start a consulting firm, a strategy consulting firm, which was what was called Tata Strategic Management Group. Okay. I'd never done consulting before, mm -hmm. but I was given a task and I went after it. There were just three of us initially. Mm -hmm. And the timing was such that the Narsimha Rao reforms were just beginning. Mm -hmm. And companies had to suddenly wake up and cope mm -hmm. with competition, with foreign companies coming in, and a completely new ball game. Okay. And the role of TSMG was to, was to work with companies within the Tata group and outside, okay. help them navigate through these choppy waters. So in the bargain, I ended up working one way or the other with almost all the Tata Group companies. Mm -hmm. I was interacting with all the CEOs mm -hmm. and in almost all cases working on their revised business plans in terms of what they should focus on, what they should exit, what they should build, the where they should put more investments. Mm -hmm. And that was a very exciting period for the group as a whole. Many other groups, as you know, did not fully survive or cope. Mm. But the Tata group, as you know, went through that period and came up at the top in almost every field they were in. That was one of the objectives that came out from the corporate center mm. where I was very closely involved. That you must be in the top two or three in every, every field or why are you there? Mm. And what do you need to make it happen? What should you drop? What should you do? So that was that whole period. Fantastic. In the bargain, we, we had some major cases like, for example, Tata Oil Mills, mm -hmm. where I had to make this presentation to the board. J.R.D. Tata was still the chairman and I had to explain to him that, look, this company is losing so much every month. And either you put in that much more money and compete with the levers or find a buyer and do something else. True. So finally, you know, you know what happened in Tomco, finally levers took it over. Similar thing we did with uh, LACME. LACME had a 54% market share those days. 
Mm-hmm. But with liberalization, again, they had the same choice. Do you compete with the multinationals or do you cash out? Yeah. They cashed out. They started retailing. Mm-hmm. We worked with that also. West side happened and so forth. Mm-hmm. Also had a stint with, the, with Nelco, my earlier company, in terms of some of their activities and right. so forth. Right. And as that went on, I was asked to join the board of Tata Industries Limited as ED. Then a number of other board positions, including Proma, including Nelco, including several others. So these are the three main milestones. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. What, what, an, what an incredible journey and always, you know, right at the top. So let's talk a little bit, you know, when I was talking to you before this conversation, we were debating whether to speak Nelco or Chroma. And I said, Chroma retail is something that probably is got such a large reach that I said, today's conversation will focus on Chroma retail. And as a chairman, my, my first question is that, why and how did the Tata Group venture into an unorganized electronics uh, retail space? You know, in the early 90s, Tata's had already got into retailing thanks to Westside. Then there was Titan, Tanish happened. So there was a retailing presence already. And in one of our annual conferences where we spelt out or the chairman spelt out the priorities going forward or the opportunities going forward, Mm -hmm. retailing was very much there. So we were looking at opportunities in retailing. And as circumstances had it, the, the CEO of Woolworths of Australia, mm-hmm. which has a major or which had a major presence in electronics and consumer durables retailing, mm-hmm. happened to befriend Ratan Tata. Okay. And they got talking and they said, why don't we bring electronics retailing into India? Mm-hmm. And that's how Roma as a venture started. Mm-hmm. As part of TSMG, I and my team had to work on the business plan on getting all the you know corporate approvals, making mm-hmm. sure it was compliant with the FDI laws and so forth. So Woolworth ended up being the wholesaler and we ended up being the retailer 100% in each and so forth. So we found the right uh, methods. Mm-hmm. And that's how Chroma came to be. That's how it was launched and you know where it is today. Absolutely. So, you know, as you look ahead, what have been the major phases of growth of Chroma and how are e-commerce platforms uh, impacting traditional retailers? See, the first phase when we started out was to just get the business going, get the first few stores happening. Mm-hmm. So the first store was at Juhu. We were all there for the launch. It was a new experience for customers. They loved it. They could touch, feel, and uh, have a great time at the store. Right. And the initial phase was to occupy this space because largely it was an unorganized space. This was the first organized sector, you know, major retailer coming in. And we focused on expanding the network and getting economies of scale. So by 2013 or so, we had 100 stores in place and we were hoping to become profitable in the following year when the next phase started, which was the advent of Flipkart and Amazon, just around that 13-14 period. 2013, as luck would have it, was also the time I I was appointed chairman of uh, Chroma. So, as chairman, I had to see the storm coming and see Chroma, you know, getting affected by that storm. Mm. And frankly, Chroma wasn't prepared to face that kind of uh, onslaught. Right. 
and in the immediate next year instead of making a profit the company's finances went down we ended up making a 200 crore loss and we realized that you know we had to find a way out of this situation mm-hmm. as part of the new board we had to look at it almost every month and see what needed to be done on on two fronts one is that we had made a 200 crore loss stop losing money mm-hmm. and second is what do you do about the online presence right so we focused on profit rather than growth which was the first phase so the second phase was focused on profit look at the pricing look at the merchandise mm-hmm. look at the store profitability we found one third of the stores were not profitable so we had to be phased out it took 3 years to phase them out bring in new stores so the store count remained 100 but the plan called for a return to profitability within 2 years okay. it also required a new management team mm-hmm. because the culturally is very different from growth going to watching every paisa and every basis point of Absolutely. of uh, of uh, margins and that's what the team did we turned around from a loss of 200 crores mm. to a profit by fy18 mm. in the meantime we agreed we realized the importance of online we realized that customers were searching online before coming to the store mm. so we had to have an online pre- we decided to have an omni channel approach mm-hmm. so that people had a choice of searching and coming and that was the phase up to fy18 when we made a profit okay that's where the third phase started where suddenly our promoters said that now that you are profit profitable why aren't you growing faster mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a very different classical <laughs> classical <laughs> and we had to then relook at it and the Professor, look, you must occupy the space, the whole country. You must do what's right for that entire market. Mm-hmm. And if you have to do more and you need more funding, you ask for it, mm-hmm. and we'll make it happen. Mm-hmm. So it was a completely different challenge, good challenge to have, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went after that in two phases. In two phases, meaning in two parts. One is in terms of physical presence. What kind of national presence do you need? Now we're talking. from tier 2 tier 3 tier 4 cities and uh, what should the whole network look like in say 5 years time mm-hmm. the other is online how do we how do we do much better mm-hmm. so much that we become like the best buy the way they did in usa correct they also got a shock by amazon they almost went under mm-hmm. but then moved themselves and today if you do a search best buy comes ahead of amazon in all electronics items mm-hmm. so that is the inspiration mm. that's what we are working towards mm. and as far as online is concerned we have embarked on a 5 year digital initiative mm-hmm. with tcs with this very objective because tcs is the company which worked with best buy with home depot yeah. with marks and spencers so many of the digital initiatives that worked there mm. uh, are available to us and over the next 5 years it is our ambition to be the best buy of india Incredible. to be the number one when it comes to search when it comes to a consumer looking for any consumer durable electronic product mm-hmm. and our basic theme is think electronics think chroma chroma should be the first name that comes to any consumer's mind mm-hmm. when she thinks of an electronic or a consumer durable product fantastic well you know I, i was at a chroma store yesterday so good 
So you know, you're probably reaching there whenever you think electronics, think chroma. So you know, uh, moving on, what went into building a successful brand for electronics and retail? See, when we started out, you know, Chroma was a new brand. So we had no, no history or baggage or anything to think about. We decided early enough that like in the case of Titan or Tanishq, we will have an independent brand. No Tata name part of it. You know, unlike Tata Tea or Tata Coffee and so on. Because then the brand is not... So we chose this name. How it happened is a story in itself, but let's not go into that. So having decided Chroma is the brand, Mm-hmm. we thought of what attributes it should have. Mm-hmm. So firstly, it had to have a very different consumer experience, which is the store experience in mm-hmm. terms of lighting, in terms of the display, in terms of the ability to touch and feel and try a mobile phone, which so far in India, nobody could touch it. You know, there was a cord we had, which it was actually there. Yeah. So we did all that. That is the consumer experience. Mm-hmm. The second thing we said is that since the products are available everywhere, we must do one step beyond making it available. And there we thought of helping you buy. Mm-hmm. So we help you buy became the tagline that given this choice, we will help you decide what is best for you. Okay. And between these two, the consumer experience and of course the basic Tata values of fairness mm-hmm. and trust and uh, quality, we added this bit of we help you buy. You might have seen this tagline in many of the advertisements. Mm-hmm. So that's how the Chroma brand was launched and I must say it did pretty well over the years. Fantastic. So let me move to another section of our conversation. And I want to ask you a you know, question that you, know, you have stayed, unlike a lot of senior executives, with one group from the time you finished your business school. My question to you is, what is the advantage of staying with one business group versus jumping every few years, which seems to be the trend with the younger people today. See, a lot depends on what you're, what you're, uh, what you're looking for and whether you get it in the company you're in. Hmm. Now, in the Tata group where I joined, I wasn't in any one company. My role changed, my positions changed, hmm. and I ended up working with almost the entire group. Now, okay. that kind of canvas... It's a very attractive thing. Otherwise, you know, you're in one uh, sort of uh, whatever division, product, business. And after a while, you get a little tired of it. And that causes people to move from one company to another. Right. So in the big mega corps, whether it be GE or whether it be Tata Group mm-hmm. or even in Levers, those who are able to meet their aspirations, they stay. They become lifers as they call them. But uh, others who don't see the same thing, they move on. So I won't generalize the question of uh, what comes your way Mm. and whether it meets your requirements or it doesn't. Wonderful. And as you look back, you know, having run so many businesses, continuing to lead so many businesses, what would you say is your leadership style? My leadership style over the years. Initially, I wasn't so conscious of uh, these things. I may have been a little more direct and brusque. But running TSMG was a very different uh, experience. It was a consulting firm. There were people who had domain knowledge in different industries. Mm. They knew more than I did. So I had to be far more collaborative, participative, and uh, involved in all decisions. Mm. Because they knew more than you. Mm. And 
Hence, today it's a more a consultative style, a style of creating consensus, getting people together, and stepping in only if there is, you know, there is a, there is a need to break a deadlock. So, barring deadlocks, it's best to have a consensus-driven decision making. That has been the style that has evolved, and that's what that's what I'm doing these days. Interesting. The next question that I have is that you know you are involved with an organization called Sarottam Retail, where you're there as an investor and the chairman. What is Sarottam Retail? Sarottam has been started by an ex-colleague in the Tata Group. Mm-hmm. We had this uh, we had this person who was in Tata Steel. Then he moved to TMTC. He was running Tata Blue Scope, mm-hmm. and uh, the the moment GST was announced, mm-hmm. it was his dream. to put up a steel retailing venture i see okay so one gst happened he is a person who was known to us he said i'm starting this venture he created the business plan once it was ready came and shared it with me and i advised i advised him to start the first pilot store just to test out the assumptions of that business mm-hmm. once he did that and he was ready to raise funds i was one of the you know first in the, the first bunch of investors who invested okay. and many of the in- initial investors are from the Tata fraternity starting from jj irani muthuraman anil sardana various people who have known this person his name is chetan tolia mm-hmm. and we know that he is a ethical person he's promised us that whatever he does will be consistent and compliant that's which is very important mm-hmm. so not only did we invest in him he invited uh, me to join the board which i did and he said look you you used to corporate governance so why don't you chair it so here i am chairing a, a board where the ceo holds 90% of the shares mm-hmm. so i'm really there <laughs> as at his invitation okay but uh, again i've i've evolved i mean i i've used to now a cons- consultative style of working mm-hmm. and it has works worked well so far Very nice so time for now two more questions for you and these are questions that i say they for you personally given the challenges everyone is faced with because of the pandemic how are you rethinking your new your life in the new world order see I've, i'm seeing my role changing over the years in 2017 i retired from full time executive employment mm. so i'm in these board positions which are non executive positions mm. i'm also now working at the community level and at the social level by community i mean i'm i'm staying in a complex of 5 45 floor buildings totally 375 flats mm-hmm. there are five societies so i'm on the managing committee of my society my building i'm the chairman of that uh, committee mm-hmm. and for the common areas gym swimming pool there is a federation where again i'm on that managing committee mm-hmm. i'm a secretary there mm-hmm. so at the community level and this is a community Seventy-five members. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever can be done to improve their lives and so on, we are doing. Mm-hmm. We had a COVID committee where again I was a member. In terms of what should we do about the lockdown process mm-hmm. and how should we unlock gradually, given the balancing of fears and risks and the need to go out, and there are different people in different stages of this thinking. So spent a lot of time on that as well. Okay. And going forward, I am a member of the Rotary Club. so maybe that might take up more of my time over as we go along in terms of social service and giving back to the to society 
Wonderful. And my last question to you now, Raju, which is that there will be thousands of people who will hear and watch your conversation with me. A lot of them would be aspiring young managers. What would your advice be to a young individual starting off on their life in the corporate world? See, apart from the basics of what to look for in a career, basics in terms of try to do what you are good at or what you like and do the best and try to excel in what you do. The other thing I'd like to say to them is that there are a whole lot of disruptions happening across society, across businesses, mm -hmm. whether it be climate change related changes, whether it be renewable energy, whether it be this whole digitalization of uh, everything. And it's important to recognize which are the driving forces of uh, disruption mm -hmm. and which are the areas which are vulnerable. Okay. So it's very important that you be on the driver's seat, on the you be on the side that is driving disruption. Mm. Otherwise, you risk getting run over by the disruption. So please think carefully before you start your career or decide where to work or what kind of company to join. So this is an extra thing which is extremely important, particularly in today's situation. Perfect. Raju, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure speaking to you. I wish you lots of success, lots of good health and Whatever you're doing, I'm sure you will continue to excel in. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you to you as well. Pleasure being here. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.